feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show. in so many American cities. And this is a stunning number. 13 police officers were wounded in a 24-hour period. 13 police officers wounded in a 24-hour period. And that is a major, major big deal. And think about that. Many of them in Phoenix, many of them in different cities across the country, also in Maryland, also in Philly, also in a whole bunch of other cities. And so far this year, six officers killed this year alone. And think about how catastrophic and how deadly this year already has been for police officers. And that's because crime is busting out of control. That's because crime is very, very much out of control and is a major, major issue. And We want to talk about now the case of what happened in Chinatown in New York City. And that is because it is a horrible, horrible crime, and it's emblematic of what's going on across this country. It's emblematic of what we're seeing across this country and the problems that we're having with repeat offenders over and over again. And that is a huge, huge issue because... The numbers are just skyrocketing. It's like a revolving door. It's like you hear about this one case and then you hear, okay, well, it happened again. Okay, this person was out on bail. This person was out on a variety of issues. And because of that, it's like, you know, why are they even locked up to begin with? If the feds and the others are not going to keep them behind bars, why would they even waste their time? And there's been a case, by the way, of recent. And I want to highlight this one case How bad does this get? You've got a Manhattan DA who apparently lowered the bond on an alleged shooter. This was a guy, 20 years old, Darius Mungan. He had been locked up uh, in Rikers Island, and he was locked up there on charges that he shot two people, including an 81-year-old apparent bystander. And guess what happens? He gets cut loose. His bond was 500000 It gets reduced to 100000 And they basically said, you know, he was having problems with some of the gangs, and that's why they essentially let him out. So that is a major, major issue when you hear about cases like that. Why is a guy, just because he is dealing with gangs and he's dealing with other issues, that we should have sympathy on him? I'm sorry. I have a hard time having sympathy for a guy like that. I think they should have increased the bond. Not reduce the bond. What do you think? They're like going light on a gangbanger. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. We feel sorry for him because he's having trouble with the gangs. Well, then maybe he shouldn't have joined the gangs. Maybe he shouldn't have shot two people, including an 81-year-old person. I mean, to me, it is outrageous. The number to call is 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. 
There is a case also, as I was mentioning, in Chinatown. And this is shocking. And this happened in a very, you know, very kind of area that if you guys have visited New York, if you spend time in the city, it's a spot where all the different Chinese restaurants are, all the different little shops are, lots of tourists, lots of people live there, a very vibrant area of New York City. And when you hear about what happened, it just just epitomizes, I think, in many ways, what is happening across the country. And I want to hear your thoughts on this because this is another classic case of a repeat offender who got it out easy, got light time, no problems with this guy, over and over again, had three open court cases against him, had dozens of counts against him, 27 counts. I mean, how much more does it take? I don't know what it takes. But this is a horrible story. It was a homeless man who allegedly slaughtered a 35-year-old woman in her Chinatown apartment over the weekend. And he literally followed her. It was early morning hours. She was coming back. He literally followed her as she went home. She made her way up six flights of stairs to her apartments. And this guy followed closely behind, forced his way into her apartment just before she closed the door. And then when the police arrived at the unit, he tried to escape using the apartment's fire escape. Then he barricaded himself in. And they have finally got inside and they busted the door down. They found this young woman, it's so heartbreaking, bleeding to death in a bathtub, him hiding, hiding literally under the bed. And then when you look at the background of this guy, he racked up at least 12 arrests in New York and New Jersey alone, dating back to 2012. Again, what more does it take? When you look at this and you look at the history, including one of the cases, by the way, was just in September with the same guy. He punched a guy in the face uh, on the, you know, at the Grand Street subway station. I'm going to punch you if you swipe her. That was basically the reaction when a woman tried to swipe a Metro card. I mean, how crazy. This guy clearly should have been locked up. He was clearly a menace to society, and they let him get away. Take a listen to the NYPD inspector describing what happened. It's absolutely gruesome and it's horrible. As a father of five daughters, it scares me to even know that uh, these kind of incidents are occurring out there. And this crazy guy, Asamad Nash, uh, who has a rap sheet a mile long, you could write half a book on it, basically. And if you look at it, these are violent crimes, too. These are not like soft crimes. These are violent crimes. When he got busted, he just was like, oh, no, I didn't do anything. I just happened to be in the uh, in the house and busted in and happened to be hiding under the bed. And she happens to be bleeding. And I happen to be running away from authorities. Does anybody believe him? I certainly don't. But take a listen. I didn't kill nobody. I didn't kill nobody. That's what he's shouting. I didn't kill nobody. And here are the reactions from residents. And this epitomizes so much, I think, the sentiment of not just residents in New York, but literally around the country as crime is skyrocketing. We are scared, and this is just a devastating, devastating tragedy. How many times do we have to come and and mourn another Asian woman dying from violent crimes in our community? Everyone in this community deserves to be safe. Yeah, they absolutely do. And here's another Chinatown resident reacting to this horrible crime. We deserve to be safe, not feel safe, but be safe in our city, in our home. 
So what do you attribute this rash of violent crimes? And it is more like a skyrocketing rash because it is happening over and over again and again. Attacks also so brazen that they're going after police officers, as we know. 13 cops wounded in a 24-hour period on Friday night. Think about that across the country. That is a stunning number. And that is happening, sadly, all too frequently. And innocent people like this woman who was there just going to her home, a 35-year-old woman in a Chinatown apartment, followed and brutally killed by this guy who stabbed her to death as she cried for help. And the story is just so horrible. And when you look at his background, the writing was on the wall. Just like this case of the Manhattan DA who let the gangbanger out because they felt sorry for the gangbanger. What about the community? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Tom in Nassau County. Go ahead, Tom. Your thoughts about this. Yeah, I'd like to give the uncomfortable news here. This is all racial. They're charging racial things. These are black guys doing this. They're not letting white guys out of jail. And all the Asians getting beat up, look who's doing it. African-Americans. People got to wake up. It is what it is. If it walks like a duck, it's a duck. And that's what's going on here. But you know what's it's interesting, Tom? But and, and, Tom, I will also say, though, in terms of crime, like, to me, I don't care what color somebody is. If they are a horrible person and a killer— um, or, or a violent criminal, depending. In this case, obviously, the person's accused of, of murder. Um, I, it doesn't matter the color. They're horrible, and there should be no free passes, just as you're saying. Yes, I agree. But, like, if a white guy goes out and he's killing people and the cops, I don't care. But with the black community, when it's a black guy, they care. Even if he's a horrible monster, they sort of, like, lean towards him. And so do you believe, do you believe, be- Tom, this is part of this sort of racial equity in justice that we've heard Kamala Harris talk about and even President Biden talk about? Well, what happens is they're talking about it so much and they're guiding these people to think this way. And it's and it's, this is the responsibility of the politicians. This whole thing of t- attack the police when it started when they were wetting the cops, this was started by the Democratic Party pushing this. And now they pushed it so far it's out of control. You know what? I hope it comes back and bites them in the ass. I hope they're the victims of crimes. Well, and, and listen, and, and listen, we don't want that. Obviously, I don't want people to be attacked or whatever. But, Tom, you're right. I, I actually agree with you that I think a lot of this rhetoric coming from the Democratic Party, I think, has fueled this. I think when you've got these crazy people of the squad and you've got even separate than the crazy people of the squad, you also look at some of these people. And, and after the break, I'm going to play a couple of clips from Nancy Pelosi because it's like, Okay, well, now suddenly she's anti-defund the police. But at a time when everything was going on in the height of the riots, you heard crickets from her. You didn't hear anything from her. She wasn't condemning the riots. She wasn't blasting the riots. She wasn't telling them to stop. She was saying, keep going. And that was the message from the vice president, too. And you're right. It fuels the flames. And I also think it's increased a lot of these attacks on police, too, because suddenly they felt like they had like advocates at the highest levels of the Democratic Party. They certainly weren't condemning it. The only time I've ever heard them condemn an attack on a police officer uh, uh, was tied to, you know, January 6th. Suddenly that police officer they didn't want attacked. I don't think you should ever attack any police officer anytime let alone January 6th or in the streets of New York or in the streets of Portland, wherever it is. It is wrong. Um, let's go to Thomas in Brooklyn. Thomas, your thoughts about all this. Go ahead, my friend. 
Hi, good evening, Rita. Um, my, my daughter's a New York City cop, and uh, hearing continuously that these criminals are being let out, and it scares the hell out of me, and I, I worry about all police officers. Something they did targets the gangs and the mentally ill. Um, crimes are, the criminals are in, in, emboldened. They have no worries. They, they, they'll get out before the cops finish their paperwork. It's ridiculous. Uh, now, uh, what is it? To hey, Tom, let, you mentioned your daughter is a cop. How long has she been a cop? Uh, I'm not going to ask you her name or anything, but, like, what area does she work in, and what does she think? Um, is she more concerned when she goes out there to protect all of us? What I hear from her, she's scared, you know, and you know she's worried about the guns because she can't. Um, they're not allowed to stop and ask them, even if they they feel that this person may have a gun. They're not allowed to do anything about. It. Wow. Well, you know what? It's very hard when, just like you said, they're worried about getting called in for internal review. Um, I'm happy that at least so far, Eric Adams has talked about sort of stop, question, and frisk. But then, and then, you know, it's interesting, Thomas. He talked about the anti, you know, uh, police unit. But then they're not plain clothes like they used to be. They're actually showing up, but they have the badge with them and they have the body cam with them. I think that those are kind of dead giveaways that they're police officers and not just random people walking down the street. Uh, real quick, what are her thoughts about that, Thomas? Well, she's, she's, oh, she doesn't know much about that, but uh, she did say you know, she got attacked in the hallway by a, a crazy man. The guy was nuts. Beat the hell, you know, try to beat the hell out of him, you know, they had to put him down, you know, and uh, she was worried. They didn't shoot him or anything, you know, just had to, they had to arrest him. And um, it was domestic violence. I mean, she, that's the ones that she worries about the most, domestic violence. Wow. Well, Thomas, our thoughts and prayers are, are always with you and your family and your daughter, too, and thank her for all she is doing to keep all of us safe. Thomas, thank you very, very much. And, of course, as you talk about with the domestic calls, it was a domestic call that took the life you know, of Wilbert Mora and Jason Rivera. When they went on that domestic call, they thought on February 20, on January 21st, remember they thought they were just responding to a, quote, routine call, and it turned out to be deadly and took their lives, as we know. So you're right, it is always so dangerous. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of this democratic rhetoric that I agree, I think, is contributing to this. And I want to hear your thoughts as to how destructive it is and what you think is causing this horrible increase in crime, violent crime by repeat offenders over and over again across the country. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. Listening to the Rita Cosby Show. Take a listen to Nancy Pelosi, basically the face, of course, of the Democratic Party in Congress, who says, I don't know what you mean about defund the police. I couldn't believe she said that this weekend. Well, with all the respect in the world for Cord Push, that is not the position of the Democratic Party. Community safety, to protect and defend in every way, is our oath of office. And I have sympathy. I con- we're all concerned about mistreatment of people, and that's why uh, Karen Bass had the Justice and Policing Act, and we would hope to get some of that done, whether it's no knock or Joe Holt or some of those issues, even if we can't get it all done. But, the f- but make no mistake, community safety is our responsibility. 
Really? Well, Cori Bush, who she's talking about, was talking about, oh, let's move forward with defund the police. And Nancy Pelosi acts like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, let's play a little bit. This is another squad member. This is Ayanna Presley. And this was during the riots that were consuming America in 2020. Take a listen. I'm looking to the public. You know, this is as much about public outcry and organizing and mobilizing and applying pressure so that this GOP-led Senate and that these governors that continue to carry water for this administration, putting the American people in, in harm's way, um, turning a deaf ear to the needs of our families and our communities, hold them accountable. Make the phone call, send the email, show up. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. And unfortunately, there's plenty to go around. There needs to be unrest on the streets as long as there's unrest in our lives. Does that sound like someone who's pushing for peace? Let's go to Chris in Flemington, New Jersey. Chris, your thoughts about all of this? Go ahead. Hi, Rita. Thanks. Yeah, just just look at what the Democrats are saying. The Freedom Convoys have to stop, but the riots are encouraged. Defund the police, but pay for criminals to get out of jail by paying for their bail. Uh, the, the the whole world's been flipped upside down by them, and it's not uh, by accident. It's on purpose. The only people that the Constitution no longer applies to are tax-paying, law-abiding citizens. The, the Constitution doesn't apply to us anymore, and it applies to illegal immigrants. It applies to people that are breaking the law. No, and, and you're so right. And listen, Chris, Chris, you bring up some great points. You're right. It is so upside down their priorities are upside down and they are in complete denial that they are pushing for defund rita cosby is on the rita cosby show presents back the blue And in tonight's Back the Blue, a Tulsa, Oklahoma police officer rescued a man from a burning garage near a home this morning. Now, an officer was on a routine patrol. It was just around 3.30 in the morning when he saw smoke at a house and went to check it out. And when he arrived, he heard yelling coming from inside the garage. So he ran into the fire to save the man inside. Now, firefighter says that nobody lives in the home Uh, But the man was there trying to stay inside and keep out of the cold, very, very cold weather, of course, across the country. The Tulsa Fire Department says the man is expected to recover. And Tulsa police say that the officer involved needed some breathing treatments, but he is also expected to make a full recovery. And a great story about the important role that our men and women in blue do every day to protect so many people and do so many different roles all the time. Well, speaking of different roles, I think the Democratic Party is kind of trying to have it both ways because Nancy Pelosi's like, oh, what do you mean by defund the police? We never said that. Meanwhile, she's on video saying during the riots, I hope they kind of keep going. They should keep speaking out. We also heard from Ayanna Presley a little bit ago who said, oh, that unrest needs to continue, uh, you know, until the unrest in our hearts stop. You know, I mean, what kind of message does that send? And now they're trying to act like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. But there are some members of the squad who are still holding fast to this defund the police message, especially it's stunning at a time where crime is skyrocketing. It's stunning at a time right now, if you look at the poll numbers, because in all of the polls, 
that have come out, especially in the last few weeks. Crime is a major issue for people across this country, and they're not happy with the way that the Democratic Party, including President Biden, has handled it. They are tremendously disappointed and feel that he has not gotten a handle on it. You think? He seems clueless. And Vice President Harris is like fueling the flames. So to me, that combination has put us, I think, in a really difficult situation. And they haven't wanted to really talk down members of the squad. Case in point, Cori Bush, uh, representative, Democrat of Missouri. And she has basically said, too bad. I am sticking with my defund the police slogan. That no matter the pushback and some of the comments and all these things, I always tell my fellow Democrats, if you had fixed this before I got here, I wouldn't have to say these things. She's quoted as saying that just a few days ago. Doesn't matter that crime is skyrocketing across this country. That doesn't matter to her. She still says that that is the message that the Democrats have to stand by. And she's disappointed the party hasn't done more. And then you've got Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez who is blaming a crime surge, basically, and some of the different issues of items that are being stolen on the lack of child tax credits, basically saying if we gave more money to people, then they wouldn't be robbing, as opposed to saying if we penalize people and we lock them up for their crimes, maybe they would get a wake-up call. Uh, No, it's always society's fault. It's not the criminal's fault. And she is so against anyone who speaks out against her rhetoric and the rhetoric of Cori Bush and some of these other members of the squad, that over the weekend, it was pretty amazing, she actually went down to Texas, and she is openly campaigning against the only basically Democratic member of Congress, Henry Cuellar from Texas, who's had the guts to speak out about the border. Remember, he's come out and he has said that the border needs to be stiffer, that there needs to be more security down at the border, uh, that it's a mess, that we need to support our law enforcement. He's been the only guy who seems to have any common sense on the Democratic side and the guts to speak out about the border. And now AOC is trying to get a candidate to go against him to kick him out of Congress because she thinks he's too hard on crime. I mean, you can't make this up. Take a listen. This is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in Texas, and this is her message over the weekend. Will happen. The only question is when, Texas. The only question is when. So the work that you put in today, the work that you put in tomorrow, the work that you put in on Monday, when you go one more door when you're tired, when you make one more call, when you feel exhausted, you're bringing that day one day sooner. One day sooner, one day faster. This state will turn blue. It's going to happen with the feet of San Antonio and Austin. It's going to spring down to Laredo. It's going to go up to Houston and to Dallas and to all across the state. Rural and urban and suburban. We're going to fight for a living wage as a minimum wage. We're going to make sure we unionize the hell out of this state. We're going to make sure that we confront corrupt industry and lobbyists and big money. And we're going to make sure that not one dime What about stiffening the border? I mean, how insane is this? Crime is skyrocketing, and she's talking about illegal immigrants' rights. 
I didn't hear a thing about the Texas community. I didn't hear a thing about Arizona. I didn't hear a thing about many people across the country who just feel completely violated by that wide open border. Well, the former deputy FBI assistant director, Chris Schwecker, wrote a really powerful op-ed where he basically said this increase in crime lays at the feet of the Democratic Party and also particularly Biden and Harris in so many ways. And so many of these policies that they are doing right now are directly responsible, he believes, to skyrocketing crime and these repeat offenders getting out over and over again. And he said it's not just what's happening here. It's also, again, that southern border, too, that all of these things are part and parcel with this loose on crime loose on illegal behavior activity, and it is bringing this country down. Take a listen to what the former assistant FBI director had to say. I mean, I I chaired the governor's crime commission in North Carolina during a time when they had what they call cops grants and burn grants. And those were funded grants to states and cities to actually put police officers on the street, more police officers. So that's what they ought to do first. Second, let's control the borders because we have criminals just flowing across the borders. MS-13, human traffickers, drug cartels, fentanyl, responsible for twice the amount of deaths as as COVID. Mm -hmm. So let's get control of the borders, get control of our cities and promote law enforcement, not undercut them. I agree. But then you got Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez kicking out the only sort of pro-security on the border Democrat that exists in this country, essentially. It is stunning. And here's Chris Schwecker basically saying again that the White House and their rhetoric and the rhetoric of the Democratic Party is to blame for lawlessness. We started to see some crime increases in 2020 because of that so-called summer of love lawlessness that that took place. And, And cops began to sort of back off on doing their jobs because they were branded as racist and they were undercut. The Biden administration really continued that narrative when they took office. You even had the vice president promoting a fund to bail out these criminals that committed 97 police arson, arsons of police cars and assaulted 2,000 police officers and, and over 600 arsons, including government buildings and county courthouses. So that, that sort of lawlessness and promoting that, or at least undercutting the police officers, is, is part of that atmosphere right. that's been created. And he also says the racial politics and the slamming of law enforcement is playing an enormously destructive role, and it needs to stop. The premise that police officers are racist and we got to take their funding away and they can't they don't do the right thing out there is is absolutely absurd. And we you know, we saw this in the 90s during the crack epidemic. I mean, entire neighborhoods were ravaged and it will happen again if you allow a small group of lawbreakers who are responsible for a disproportionate amount of the violent crime to just run rampant. So you, when you, you know, allow lawlessness to, to prevail in the cities, right. they're going to take over the city. Yeah, and we already saw them take over many cities in the, quote, summer of love. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. How much do you think the Democratic Party's rhetoric has caused this sense of lawlessness and not only sense of lawlessness, but the massive increase in crime and violent crimes with repeat offenders like the case I had mentioned that happened in Chinatown in New York where this girl was followed up to her home, a 35-year-old woman over the weekend and stabbed to death by a homeless guy 
with an enormously long rap sheet, who actually, again, had three open cases against him, 27 criminal counts against him. I mean, what more do you need? I mean, that is shocking. It's like, uh, what's the difference? You know, after one or two, don't you think some judge should have had an epiphany? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Karen in Rockland. Karen, your thoughts about all this? Hope you had a nice Valentine's Day. I did, I did, and I hope you did too, Karen. Yeah, um, the the government and the criminal have one thing in common. They don't take responsibility for their own actions. They blame everybody else, including society. They don't see what they're doing to uh, the Democrats have a lot to do with what's going on in this country. And I wish the hell we could get them the hell out of office. And they should also lose their police protection. This AOC and this Corey, why the hell do they have police protection when they don't believe in the police? Yeah, that's I mean, a great it's, point. It's, yeah. It's it, by the way, Karen, did you see that Corey Bush, in fact, it was really interesting because not it wasn't that long ago where she was on, I think it was Good Morning America, and they asked her, hey, you know, what do you think about security? You know, what do you make of the fact that you have security? It's just to your point, you know, you've got, uh, you know, armed guards around you, but what about for the rest of us? And her answer was, well, I need armed guards because I have to be here to send the message about what's happening in society, and I need to be protected because I'm getting threats because I'm speaking out. In other words, like, it's good enough for her, but it's not good enough for the average citizen. To me, how arrogant and how selfish is that, that it's all right for her and she can justify it in her own mind, but she can't justify the average citizen having it. And, and you're exactly right, Karen, because if you look at the polls right now, I don't think there is any mistake. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, Karen, because the polls have consistently in the last few weeks clearly shown that people are so concerned about crime, almost more than any other issue in this country right now. And then suddenly you heard the verbiage of the Democratic Party change because one thing, as much as some of them like these diehards like the Cory Bush and the AOCs and all those others, you know, a number of others, by the way, um, you know, want to be reelected and they're willing to change their tune just to get reelected. It's like no coincidence that the big election's just a few months away. And now suddenly, oh, I don't know what you're talking about with defund the police. Oh, I don't know. Well, I can bet you a day or two after Election Day, if they should get voted back in, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, let's go back to defund the police. Things have changed now. You know, it's like they're like flipping like a like a, you know, like a gymnast. What do you make, Jim? What do you make, Karen? Why don't they call that an insurrection instead of January 6th, the way she was inciting that, you know, that crowd there to a. Continue with the murder spree and all that. That's an insurrection, in my opinion. Now, what happened to January 6th? So they play that game. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. That rhetoric does add to it. And by the way, even some of the rhetoric that was, how about like, how about um, Maxine Waters during, remember Maxine Waters at the time, right after everything was going on, she was like, we're going to take to the streets. We're going to do that. Are you kidding me? I mean, so if they're, that. They're adding to the uh, criminal element, and they're, the criminals are emboldened. You know, I mean, I feel so sorry for this Asian woman. Oh, you know, walking up to her apartment and you know, getting attacked up there, and I, I just don't understand our DAs, and it's, it's really disgusting what's going on. It is. They need a huge wake-up call, and I hope that comes on election day. Um, that everybody goes out to the polls and votes for people who care about security 
and, you know, and safety, because that is first and foremost. Let's real quick go to John in Pennsylvania. John, real quick, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Go ahead, John. I'm home for a long time. I'll try to make it quick. Um, Nancy Pelosi said about Tuesday. Hey, John, you're breaking up a little bit. You're breaking up. Come closer. Yep. Nancy Pelosi said she's running for re-election because she wants to uh, save the children. This is a woman who believes in partial birth abortion, which is infanticide. So that's a false statement. Now, regarding these Asian Americans... Remember the woman who was killed in the subway tracks? Oh, she yes. Was Asian-American. Yes, the, the woman who and worked for Deloitte. Woman. Yes. Right. So two Asian. So these people now have to be watched, and they have to travel in groups because it's the wild, wild west right now in New York City. And in order for them to be protected, the police need to look out for them, and they, they need to be aware of their surroundings. And one more thing. One more thing. The woman who invited those cops up to that horrible apartment where those two Dominican officers were killed. Yes. She should be brought up on charges because she knew her son was in danger. And John, and John, you're breaking up a little bit, but I heard what you were saying in terms of, first off, how sad that Asian Americans feel like they have to travel with, you know, with folks protecting them in groups or numbers. And I think it applies to a lot of people. But obviously, as you point out, there have been a number of Asian Americans, including that subway attack also not that long ago, which is horrible. Um, and it's happened in a couple of cases around the country, too, as well. And your point about that Dominican, um, that family, uh, when the mother called and she had the two sons, and remember one of the sons opened fire and killed two precious NYPD officers. I agree with you. I think there's a lot more to that story, and we need to find out what she did and did not tell the law enforcement because did she tell them that her son had a propensity for guns, had a violent history? I don't think she did. I think she was trying to protect her son and was hoping, you know, he'd come back out of the, the bedroom. But this is a guy who had a propensity for guns, had a gun warrants in the past, had crimes, violent history, a repeat offender. And you're right. She has a responsibility to tell officers so they don't just think they're going back to talk to a nice little sunny boy who had a little fight with his mom. They needed to know that this was a violent repeat offender, um, and sadly, it, it changed the dynamics tremendously. And you're right. We need to find out what she did and what she didn't tell law enforcement. one 800 And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show. And some Democrats, especially those from the squad, are still pushing this defund the police rhetoric. It's pretty amazing. They are dug in despite the fact that crime is skyrocketing in so many major cities across America, including 16 cities with record homicide rates. But that doesn't matter to them. They are holding fast. Meantime, Nancy Pelosi, sort of the face of Democrats in Congress, saying, oh, no, we're not for defund the police. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, we have the audio. I mean, it's right there where she's like, oh, yeah, keep it going. Keep up. They have a right to protest. And then you've got Ayanna Presley, who's one of the squad members, who says the unrest needs to continue until there is no unrest in our hearts. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to, let's go to Dean in Jersey City. Go ahead, Dean. Your thoughts about this. 
Yeah, hi, Rita. My thoughts are about how come people are not called out, the black people, who are doing all the killing, all the smashing grabs, and all the politicians that are black, the Clyburns and the Obamas of the world, never get up and talk about it. It's like it's not happening. They should be embarrassed about what's going on. When the white cop kills the black person, it's all over TV and the radio. But when the blacks kill the Asians, nobody talks about it. Nobody wants to know nothing. Yeah, when you're Martin right. Luther you know, you, you know around, what? And Dean, you bring up an interesting point because you're right. Um, they are not speaking out and they could have a very important impact. And they're not. They're sort of fueling the flames, if you will, often by their silence and oftentimes you know, talking about, you know, racial injustice sometimes during these moments and jumping to conclusion. Like, I mean, you know, the other thing I thought of, too, Dean, you know, as we just passed, of course, the Super Bowl this weekend, um, I think about the role of athletes. I mean, you know, people like LeBron James and some of these others who remember when there was that cop who was involved and it was a shooting and it turned out to be an accidental shooting. And they, they got, remember, they put the he was actually protecting an African-American's life at the time when he shot somebody to prevent the African-American from being stabbed. And yet LeBron James put the guy's picture up and said, hey, you're next. Remember that? A picture of the cop. I mean, how dangerous is that? I think more people, no matter what their skin color are, need to speak out, don't you think, Dean? I think everybody should be speaking out. You know, LeBron James is always talking about how he's he's abused, but he's making $20 million every, every season that he's playing. And then he kowtows to the Chinese. I mean, this guy is another guy. You're making all this money and you're talking about how you've been abused all your life. These are the people that should be speaking out to their own people. Yeah, I agree. Tell tell your own people to stop doing what you're doing. We're embarrassed about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. You don't see no Greeks doing it. They're all blacks, but you're not allowed to talk about it. But more importantly, Dean, too, and and to me, Dean, I think not even color but just good people need to stand up, you know, uh, about bad things. Because I think people like LeBron James has so many followers and could be a role model and say, listen, everybody, doesn't matter what color you are, please stop the crime. Stop the repeat offenders. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And we may be, and the world may be, on the brink of war. It is a stunning development that's happened. And in fact, in the last 24 hours, we've heard from the leader of Ukraine, who basically said that he was given intelligence that potentially an invasion of his country could happen by Russia on Wednesday. I mean, it's like, whoa, this is coming quick. And I want to get your take tonight on what role you think President Biden and his tepidness and his flip-flopping on this issue and the fact that he gave away our energy independence to Russia and so many other things that you think that that has played a role in the situation that may be catastrophic coming around the corner in the next few days. And a lot of people predicted that there could be a Russian invasion of Ukraine 
possibly as early as, you know, by the time the Olympics are wrapping up, which is going to be Sunday. Um, But then there is word from Zelensky, again, the Ukrainian leader, who says that it could be as early as this Wednesday. So this could be a major, major development. And a lot of people saying that this could basically be the biggest invasion since World War II. Think about that. That is a stunning, stunning admission. And many of you know that my father was a Polish resistance fighter. By the way, today is the anniversary of the Home Army launching in Poland, of which my father was a freedom fighter for. And I've been seeing these images in the last day or so of these young people in Ukraine, young boys and girls, just like my father when he was a teenager. My father decided to stay and fight when he was a 13-year-old. And when the Nazis came into his country, he said, I'm defending my country. I know we're going to be outmanned. I know we're going to be outgunned. I know that the biggest armies in the world are basically coming up against us at that time, the most ferocious ones, um, you know, the, the Russians at that time and the Germans. They were surrounding Poland from both sides. Remember, Poland got slaughtered. So my family knows this story all too well. And when I was looking at the images today and seeing these pictures of these young boys picking up arms and saying that they are going to defend the sovereign nation, their homeland of Ukraine, I thought so much of my father when he was a young boy learning. And they're like teaching them how to pick up a gun and how to throw a grenade, how to throw a a flamethrower, how to do some of these things, Molotov cocktails, like my father was doing as a young boy. It's almost like deja vu all over again. And my father was learning how to swim at night when they said, "Okay, you got to get ready. At some point, the Germans may come in and invade our country. And sure enough, they did on September 1st, 1939. And so that's what the Ukrainian young people are doing now, trying to defend and get ready should this happen. And now today we heard from their leader that it could happen as early as this Wednesday. And so many people are saying that much of the message from the United States, because the world's looking at what is the U.S. going to do? What is the U.S. going to do to protect these people who want to be a sovereign democracy and want to continue to be that way? Will he stand up to Putin? Do you, any of you out there think that Biden, who seems to not even remember what he said last week, be able to handle a, any sort of tough love of a conversation with Putin? They had a conversation over the weekend. It didn't seem to change anything. If anything, it seems to advance Putin. And I'm not surprised because Putin's a former KGB guy. You know, this guy is shrewd. He's a tactician. This is a warmonger. This is a guy who's used to having it his way or no way. And then you've got President Biden, who's all over the place and already gave the green light. And who could forget this comment that came from President Biden not that long ago in this press conference And this, in many ways, just opened the door and I think speaks volumes of the way that this president is handling foreign policy. And I think this is a big concern, guys, because so many people who are watching what happens with Russia, it's obviously an enormous deal what happens if they go into Ukraine in a matter of hours, a matter of days. But it's also a message about American weakness, that we didn't do anything to prepare. We didn't send anybody in. We didn't sound even tough publicly. Now President Biden's trying to say, oh, we're going to do sanctions, we're going to do this. Well, you already gave them the green light before on Nord Stream 2, which is energy. You took it away from us. You couldn't allow us to do federal drilling on our own lands. You wouldn't allow certain things happening in our country that President Trump was doing. 
And now you basically said, okay, and now he's saying, oh, no, we're not going to allow that to happen. Meanwhile, he already gave it to him before. And he cut off basically us becoming energy independent. And guess what's happened? You've seen it when you go to the gas pumps, guys. You've seen it. 33 days we have seen an increase in gas prices. The average gas price in America right now is at $3.49. That's actually kind of low on the spectrum. I actually thought it was going to be higher. In some places, it's 5 bucks. You know it. You see it when you go to the gas pumps, and it could get a lot worse. And that's why we all have to care of what's happening over there because it could affect all of us when we go to the gas pump. And by the way, coming up, In just about 10 minutes here on the Rita Cosby Show, we are going to talk to a great military strategist, retired Major General Paul Vallely. Um, He has been there on the front lines in Vietnam and elsewhere, one of the great military tacticians, and he knows Russia super well. He is going to be joining us here live on the show in just about 10 minutes to give us his take of how he thinks President Biden has handled this, what he thinks is ahead, and why we should all care about what's happening over there. It's 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Here is a little bit. This is where I think President Biden, from the get-go, basically said, oh, Russia, here's what we're going to let you do. We're going to give you a little green light. We're going to give you a little bit of an open leash. No worries. Don't worry about it. And this is where I thought he looked weak as heck. Take a listen. And so I think what you're going to see is that Russia will be held accountable if it invades. And it depends on what it does. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion and then we end up having a fight about what to do and not do, et cetera. But if they actually do what they're capable of doing with the force amassed on the border, it is going to be a disaster for Russia if they further invade Ukraine, and that our allies and partners are ready to impose severe cost and significant harm on Russia and the Russian economy. Does anyone think that he sounds like someone who Putin's going to be worried about? Putin's probably like, pass pass me the vodka. Give me some more of that Russian vodka. We got nothing to worry about with this guy. And sure enough, they are reading it that way because today the Pentagon spokesperson, John Kirby, made it clear that Putin looks like he is on the move. Well, I'm not going to talk about specific intelligence assessments. I think you can understand that. We have uh, said for a while now that military action could happen any day. Um, And you heard from the National Security Advisor uh, making it clear that it it certainly could happen before the end of the Olympics, uh, maybe even this week. Um, we have um, shared with our allies and partners, and that includes Ukraine, our assessment of the information that uh, that we've been receiving um, and certainly have reflected in those conversations our deep concern about the continued capabilities that Mr. Putin um, has, at his, um, has at his beck and call. So I, I won't get into a, a specific date. I don't think that would be smart. I would just tell you that it is entirely possible that he could move with little to no warning. Wow. That doesn't give me any level of comfort. Does it give you any? Well, Congressman Mike McCall, who we've had here on the Rita Cosby Show, and he's one of the you know head folks there on the Foreign Relations Committee, gets a lot of the intel, said this is extremely concerning because this is all because America is leading from behind. Um, with 130,000 uh, combat-ready troops on the border, now in attack position uh, to invade uh, Ukraine. I do think it's just a matter of days, uh, if not hours, uh, before they do this. And 
This is really what happens when you uh, project weakness uh, throughout the world. It invites aggression. They've been doing this buildup since last March, and we have had no deterrence to stop it. And now I'm afraid it's too little too late, and we're going to see an invasion of the size we've never seen in Europe since World War II. Wow. Unbelievable when you hear it because of the weakness that's projected. Let's go to Elena in Teaneck, New Jersey. Go ahead, Elena. Hello, Rita. Hello, my dear. How are you? Thank you. First of all, I wanted to say, was your father, may he rest in peace, was he in the Kriyova Armia? Yes, he was. Thank you very much. He was in the Gazdava unit um, and fighting in Old Town. By the way, if any of you guys know Poland, the heart of Old Town, and my dad literally escaped through the sewers. And uh, the Germans were throwing down grenades and trying to flush them out and uh, trying to kill them. And uh, my dad amazingly survived. He was one of the lucky ones, one of the few in his unit who did, Elena. So thank you. Look at you. You know history very well, my friend. Thank you. (laughs) Maybe just a little bit. But, Rita, I wanted to say that um, Ukraine probably has the best efficient uh, army in all of NATO in Europe. And Putin's thought is he needs a sphere of influence, but he also needs territory in Ukraine for two reasons. One is economic. He absorbs a lot of wealth from Ukraine, always did, because that was the Soviet Union mantra. And second of all, he needs a land pass to the Black Sea and out into the world. And also, Elena, I also think number three, and I I agree with you, by the way, on the one and two, for sure, from a military strategic standpoint, I think also a lot of it is also ego. You know, he has always never felt like these, you know, the the all these different republics that broke away and wanted democracy. He's always considered them still extensions of Russia. You know, he's never wanted them. Clearly, he obviously doesn't want Ukraine to be part of NATO, but he's always considered it still part of it, its ego. And I do think he also smells weakness. Um, we've seen him and, the, you know, and the leader of China. They were there in Olympics. It was like, you know, it was like the axis of evil, if you will, working together. But they smell weakness in the water and weakness opens the door. Don't you think, Elena, real quick? Uh, that is true. And Russia is probably a little afraid of China. So let's make friends with the enemy. But Russia is definitely not afraid of NATO. And, you know, they're pushing the United States. And um, it's ego, but it's also reestablishing the ancient glory of Russia, of the Soviet Union. And if Stalin did it, why can't I? Absolutely, Elena. Very, very well put. Um, And and I always knew you were a brilliant woman. Now I know it uh, times 10, Elena. Thank you. Always great to hear from you. And speaking of brilliance, coming up, we are going to be talking to retired Major General Paul Vallely, great military strategist, knows that part of the world, Ukraine and Russia, all too well. I can't wait to get his take on what he thinks of how President Biden has handled or mishandled this. And also, we'll continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. We could be on the brink of war. The biggest invasion since World War II may happen in a matter of days. And could this have been avoided? 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show.
And things are very urgent if you're looking at the situation that is happening overseas. And word from the leader of Ukraine that a Russian invasion could happen as early as this Wednesday. And did we have to get to this position? And how has President Biden handled this? I think he has been fumbly, bumbly. And I think particularly a former KGB leader by the name of Vladimir Putin is not intimidated by this president in any shape or form. And joining us now to talk about all of this is retired Major General Paul Vallely, a great military strategist. Also, by the way, somebody who certainly uh, knows battle. He is the uh, veteran of two combat tours in Vietnam, also spent a lot of time in Europe and also the Pacific Rim countries. And he's also the founder of Stand Up America U.S. Foundation. General Vallely, great to have you on the show, my friend. Thank you for being here. Well, Rita, thank you. It's been far too long since we've done a show together. Yes, I we did miss a few it. Back at Fox News years ago, didn't we? We did. You and I were like uh, like peas in a pod. Um, I feel like so many times, and and I had to have you on because I appreciate your great military insight, and I know our listeners do too. And and General, I want to get your thoughts because. You know this area so well, um, and you also mm-hmm. understand the political nuances, too. First, your take on how you think Biden has handled the situation here, especially telegraphing, saying, hey, if there's a minor incursion, well, maybe mm-hmm. that's not so bad. I think that was just an enormous mistake, one of many, to this president. Well, thank you, Rita. But before we go into that, I just got a message from Washington, which is rather interesting that Obama has just held a secret meeting with selected Democrats in Congress, and Joe Biden was left out of it. Oh, that's so interesting. This, that's interesting. Yeah, so when did that happen, General? Just just happened. And it's, again, more proof of the shadow government that's running Biden as the puppet of Obama, with Susan Rice coordinating everything out of the executive office building. Wow. And by by the way, before you move forward, because that is really interesting that Obama held a meeting with Democrats. The president, Biden, is left out of it. Boy, what does that say? Yeah, it shows something's happening in Washington. But anyhow, let's get uh, let's get to uh, Ukraine and Russia. I don't know whether you remember, but uh, when I went to Moscow several years ago, uh, I had a General Flynn who went over two months after I did. And I was with the foreign ministry, uh, uh, General, uh, uh, well, I, I will say he, he was the uh, senior guy in the foreign ministry for Putin for the Middle East. And we uh, coordinated uh, and set up the first meeting between Putin and Trump. And uh, it's interesting when I look back what that happened, that there was no further meetings. Uh but listen, I, I, I understand I understand Putin uh, very well, uh, and uh, Putin has his reasons. Putin will do what he wants to do. Uh, he does not want any NATO incursion in Ukraine. Uh, I think we've made the big mistake of not working closely or more closely with Russia and the foreign ministry to resolve the problem in Ukraine. I have a very good source, intel source, who lived in Ukraine for eight years. I've been in constant contact with him. He still has friends there in the government. Uh, And his his take is that uh, 
45% of the eastern Ukrainians, Donetsk area, many of them have already fled and moved to Poland and to Germany. The yes, I've of, heard that. Uh, hey, do me a favor, uh, uh, General Valley, if you don't mind, I'm sorry to do this to you. Your information sure. is so important. Stay with us. We're going to go to a quick break. And I want to okay. continue with you because you really have some great insight and obviously great intelligence there on the ground. We're going to continue with Major General Paul Vallely, everybody, after the break, getting some really important information. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment here on the Rita Cosby Show, Grovesport, Ohio, loves its military veterans, and they are honoring them with a special exhibit at the town hall there. The exhibit is titled, We Love Our Veterans, and it will be held through the end of March. And it's recognizing honorably discharged military veterans from all branches of the service who reside in that area. And there's a lot of Interesting items on display there, including a flag that was flown over Afghanistan during Operation Freedom Sentinel on July 6, 2015. And they said that it's important to have this exhibit because it's a great way for loved ones to honor a family member by sharing their story. Additionally, the city also wanted to spread love and brighten a Veterans Day during these cold months with Valentines for Veterans. Town Hall staff collected more than 100 Valentines for Veterans cards that were delivered to the VA Medical Center, which is located nearby. And that is, I think, the best way to celebrate this Veterans Day. By the way, everybody, happy Veterans Day, uh, happy Valentine's Day to all of our veterans, and also, of course, to all of you. And again, especially to our heroes and their families, I think that is the best way to celebrate this beautiful and important Valentine's Day and to share it also with all of you, which I love too, everybody. Well, one thing I don't love is that it looks like we may be indeed on the brink of war. And we're even hearing this all the way from the Pentagon because today, just a few hours ago, John Kirby, who is the Pentagon spokesperson, said that Putin is basically getting Many of his troops in position, they've got about 130,000 troops surrounding Ukraine and that they may plan to invade at any moment. Take a listen. So he continues to add to his readiness. He continues to give himself more options uh, should he pursue a military path here. I'm not going to I would like to refrain from getting into specific uh, movements of their uh, of their troops. Um, uh, I think that's probably not a wise thing for me to do with any great specificity. I would just say this that he continues to advance um, his readiness should he choose to um, to go down a military uh, path here. Should he choose to invade again, he is doing all the things you would expect him to do to make sure he's ready for that option or options. And many people are saying that Putin smells weakness in Biden and is taking advantage of the situation. Also, again, the leader of Ukraine saying that that invasion could happen of his country as early as this Wednesday. I want to play also, this is Congressman Mike McCall, um, because this is what he had to say. He said this has been on Putin's bucket list for a long time. This is his time. He's wanted this for uh, his entire presidency. And uh, Ukraine is a breadbasket. 
It is a, it's a legacy issue. It also weakens and divides NATO from his perspective. And also, Republican Mike Rounds said that it's no coincidence that it's Biden who's in control at this moment. Take a listen to him. What we know is that Mr. Putin right now is in charge of his own schedule. We are not. Uh, this has been going on since last March. He's continued to make his buildup. It's unfortunate that we find ourselves as a nation in the position of offering diplomacy, but not being in as strong a position as we should be with regard to providing defensive capabilities uh, to the Ukrainians. So has the Biden administration missed the mark? Well, we continue now with retired Major General, U.S. Army retired, Paul Vallely, great military strategist, also the founder of Stand Up America, U.S. Foundation. Uh, General Vallely, your thoughts about all this? Well, there's so many false flags uh, that are uh, being placed out there, especially by the administration. And uh, retired Admiral Kirby uh, hasn't been hasn't been right about anything as Joe Biden has has not either. But you have to look through And In my training in the military, uh, you have to look through the eyes of somebody. You have to look through the eyes of Putin why he's doing this. Now, you have to keep in mind also, Russia has not attacked any NATO nation in 77 years. 77 years after World War II when NATO was formed. They've never attacked an American. But they don't want NATO to endorse a nation on the border of Russia. Putin does not want that. So my thought is, if, if I was in charge, I would be negotiating, working with Putin to solve the Ukraine problem. Help Ukraine out to the most corrupt nation in Europe. A very large part of their population would rather be pro-Russian, and they are pro-Russian. Many of them have left and moved to Poland and to uh, Germany. Uh, so when you have a situation like this, that you have to work with a major superpower like Russia rather than land-basing them all the time like we've done in the last five years. All we've done, all we've done is pissed off Putin and the Russians because we keep attacking them rather than trying to work with them. Let me I ask you also, you and, and, and yeah, General Valley, right. you know what's interesting? You bring that up. It's also mixed messages because, like you just said, like it's either they're lambasting or he's saying, well, you know what, uh, it's only going to be a minor incursion. If that happens, then mm-hmm. we're no be. It's sort of if I'm Putin, I'm hearing so many mixed messages that I think this guy doesn't know which way is up. Well, we, we, we have the most we have the weakest president we probably have ever had. I mean, we, he's clueless. He's obviously he's got some mental uh, incapacitation. I won't say dementia because I'm not a doctor. But uh, here you have Putin playing at the top of his game, if I may use a uh, sports metaphor. She in China playing at the top of his game and Putin playing at the lowest part of his game that he ever has. And so they realize the weakness uh, in our government. They see the surrender in Afghanistan. But Putin will do what he wants to do, and he'll ensure that Ukraine uh, is not taken into NATO. And like many people have said, and I have said, I'm not sure what NATO stands for anymore, what they can do. And I can tell you there'll be no Norwegians, no Swedes, no Belgians, no Danish, no Germans are going to put on their uniforms to go fight Russia in Ukraine. And it's not of a natural, I would say, a national 
interest of the United States to put our troops over there in harm's way. We need to work with Putin, and he can be worked with. Uh, believe me, I've been in Moscow. I've worked with some of the foreign ministry people there. They're very amenable, and they're they're sharper, by the way, Rita, than our State Department people. By the way, they're I'm educated. not surprised at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's true. I mean, I've met with both, and uh, uh, so th- that's what I would do. I would be a lot smarter. We don't have very capable people in our government now, especially in national security. Uh, you know, the the generals and admirals, uh, I, lack of respect, uh, General Pat would turn over his, in his grave if he uh, could witness uh, what our four-star generals and admirals are yeah. doing uh, and not doing. I mean, uh, working more on CRT and white rage rather than focusing on readiness. And she sees that in China. Putin sees it from Russia, but Putin will do what he needs to do. Well, that's why, you know, you bring up all these things, General Valley, and everybody, we're talking to retired Major General Paul Valley, um, seasoned combat uh, military man and strategist. As you're talking about all this, and you brought up Afghanistan, and you bring up all these things, don't they smell weakness in the water, too? And they also sense, you know, uh, sadly, an administration that did such a horrible pullout of Afghanistan um, such a dismal one. And as we're learning now from the report that just came out last week, military strategists said, don't do it this way. Uh, the president overrode them and basically said, we're doing it for political reasons. You know, we're going this way. We're doing this. Then the president was asked about it. He denies it. It's like it just seems like I don't think Americans feel that this president has a sense of foreign policy. And also, if I'm a, another country like a Putin and like a President Xi, I'm going, okay, this is a good time to go in because let's do it under this president because he seems like he's pretty weak. Yes, and they will do what they want to do. We have to understand that. It's like Putin and his uh, foreign ministry says, Putin does not care about sanctions. He could care less whether we put sanctions on him. She is the same way. They will do what they want to do in their national interest. And we have to be more concerned about the threat of the Chinese Communist Party, future threats of biological attacks on the United States, uh, China taking over uh, Taiwan. But we're putting so much interest into uh, Ukraine right now, and it's not worth the effort. It's not worth the effort of putting one U.S. soldier in there and put him in harm's way, for example. I mean, this is crazy. We have such amateurs, Rita. In our government today, they're not well-schooled, not well-trained, and certainly they don't understand uh, uh, the enemy, I will say the enemy, but uh, uh, situations like in China uh, and in Russia. They just don't understand it. Well, and that's scary for all of us Americans, especially as we're hearing that something may literally be days away. Um, Major General Paul Valley, always great to get your perspective. We got to have you back on again on the show because you know this area and you know uh, these adversaries all too well. Thank you very much. My pleasure, Rita. Thank you. Thank you so much, Major General Paul Valley. Again, his organization is Stand Up America U.S. Foundation. Definitely check it out, everybody. It's one eight hundred eight four eight nine two 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 one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. And he was talking about sort of the situation that we found ourselves in, in part because of Afghanistan. That was something that Republican Mike Rounds also echoed. 
And we talked about it earlier, and we talked about his sentiment on how he felt, also Mike McCall and all these others, because they feel like it's this moment that, coupled with Afghanistan, coupled with everything that we have seen, it has added fuel to the flames. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norman in Brooklyn. Go ahead, Norm. It's It's Rita Cosby Show. Go ahead. Hi, Rita. Uh, my father was born in Lviv, Ukraine, so I don't want anything bad to happen to, to them. However, we got to stay the heck out of there. Our U.S. diplomatic personnel are in no danger. Biden is weak, and Putin senses that. And this never would have happened under President Trump. Let them work it out. Hello? Yes, no, you're right. Now, by the way, yeah, you mentioned, by the way, Lvov. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Go yeah. ahead. Keep going, Norm. Keep going. I'm listening to you. Yeah, no, I mean, basically, uh, yeah, I mean, it was Lvov. It was Lviv. It's by the way, there, by the way, the... I have been to Lvov um, yes, because um, it's that. actually, yeah, it's not too far from the Polish border. And yeah, I and no. actually, that's where, as you point out, that's where our embassy, by the way, is being evacuated. They're being taken to there. Right. Um, and it's closer to Poland. That's why it's closer to, you know, to safer territory. I think that that's a smart right. move. No, I, we have to stay out of there. We don't want World War Three. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, in the history, I mean, there was a time, I mean, it was part of the Russian Empire. I mean, there is a sort of a historical basis for Russia having that part of the world. Um, I mean, yeah, look, we have Puerto Rico. We have, we have, um, you know, the U.S. Virgin Islands. We have all sorts of areas. Do we want? Do we want them? You know, telling us that we that we that we can't be in Puerto Rico. Do do we? I mean, this is right on their border. I mean, look, I, I wait, don't, wait, wait. But Norm, hang on one second. And 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 listen, I, there are two sides to this. Obviously, you know, obviously, you have to decide: do we want to put U.S. troops? And that's a whole other issue. But. You know, I think there's a little difference between like, you know, us having some of these peaceful places where we can all go and have a great vacation. Guess what? If Russia invades Ukraine, I don't think any Americans are going to be wanting to hang out in Ukraine for a vacation in the near future. It's a little different. Don't you think it's going to look a little different? And it's not like the people there, you know, it's not like it's going to become uh, the hub of vacations. When I went to Lviv. It was a nice place to go, and it was beautiful, right. but you could still right. see the, the destruction that had happened even prior, and there was still shelling going on, by the way, in, that, in the country, at the other, on the other side of the country, not where we were in Lviv, but on the other right. side at that time. Right. And believe me, even then it was like, uh, let's hurry up and get to Poland, you know? So guess what? I don't think it's it's like a fair comparison, Norm. Come on. No, I, I don't know. Look, I, I just look, I want peace in the area, but I just don't think American personnel. We, we we can't get involved in a war. That that that's my that's my well. My and, point. and and I agree that that first and uh, I'm with you that first and foremost we have to care about American interests. We have to care about American troops and our safety. Thousand percent. I hear you on that one, Norm. Um, you know, it's just it's just it's a little different when you see Putin kind of going in and then us saying, OK, well, you know, Puerto Rico, you know, you want to have rights. It's a democracy. They get to decide. You know, I mean, there's a, there's a whole other process. And somehow I don't see Putin giving those kind of freedoms in any sense of the word. It's like you will. We'll put the gun to your head. You will allow us to come in or not. Guess what? The answer is pretty much yes. Most of the time. 
That, funny thing that happens when some, you put a gun to somebody's head, right? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. How much do you have no faith that this administration, the Biden administration, knows what it's doing? And why I think it is so important, just of the issue as we're talking about something as serious as potentially the biggest invasion since World War II possibly happening in the next few days, do you have faith that this administration knows how to juggle what is going to be a very complex situation? You thought things were a mess in Afghanistan? Could be even worse coming ahead just in the next few days. one 800 848 We're going to talk about that when we come back. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And the biggest invasion since World War II may be happening in a day or two, and our president doesn't seem to have a clue. one 800 848 1-800-848-9222. And this will be really ugly. It will be really brutal, even according to Biden's spokesperson at the Pentagon. Take a listen to John Kirby. Real lives will be at risk. Um, Ukrainian lives, to be sure, but also Russian lives. Um, This this will not be bloodless. This will not be easy. And it could be a mess in so many senses of the word. They're also talking about maybe five million refugees flooding across the borders. I mean, that is a disaster of epic proportions, everybody. And this comes as Congressman Mike McCall, Republican from Texas, said, you know what, we made an enormous mistake because we stopped drilling on federal lands, courtesy of President Biden. We stopped the Keystone Pipeline. Remember, President Biden did that on his first day in office with that executive order. And he's not confident that he's going to be able to stop Nord Stream, which is that pipeline, remember, in Europe that he basically gave the green light to this president. Hey, Russia, don't worry about it. We're not going to be energy independent anymore We're going to let you basically control Europe. And now we're wondering why we're in this mess. Take a listen to Congressman Mike McCall. Well, there's a lot of talk in diplomacy, no action, no deterrence, passive deterrence at best. We've been advocating for active sanctions because it is an active provocation, what they're doing even before an invasion. To You know, why did he waive Nord Stream 2 pipeline sanctions that Congress mandated uh, in the national security of the United States allows Putin to build his pipeline into Europe. This was the beginning of this downfall. Yeah, it is a big downfall. And now we're hearing something really catastrophic could be a right around the corner. And that's why it's scary. That's why it's important to have good leadership in our White House. Let's go to Francis in Regal Park. Francis, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Your thoughts? Hi, Rita. Nice to hear from you. Uh, All I know is this a past is prelude. Hitler took the Sudetenland and then invaded all of Czechoslovakia. Putin, it's the same thing. He wants to extend Russia and bring it back to the way it was. He'll probably, if he allow this into uh, Ukraine, he'll go into the Baltic states of Latvia, Lithuania, and and it's it's terrible. I mean, and here. Obama just now has called a meeting of all the Democrats and excluded Biden. Yeah, isn't that isn't that interesting, Francis? You're right, because Major General Valley was talking about that. Isn't that interesting? And he didn't invite him. 
because it just shows that he is not involved in any of this process. I don't even know if he realizes what's going on. I mean, it is just, it's such a huge concern. Let's go to Robert in Westchester. Robert, your thoughts real quick, Robert. This is not surprising. In the Obama administration, if you look it up, it'll say he was managing the decline of America. This is a continuation of managing the decline of America. This is Obama pushing this stuff. Yeah, it's scary. And I do believe that he's pulling the strings. Susan Rice, also behind the scenes, too. Um, Robert, thank you very much. And I think that puts us in an enormously scary, scary position. Jimmy from Brooklyn. Real quick, Jim. Real quick, Jim. What scares me more than the Russian buildup is here in General Valerie he knows nothing about the Soviets. The FBI put out regular reports of KGB activity in America. They've been at war with us for, for 100 years, and this guy has no clue. To and, and, by, and by the way, I, I agree that they have been at war with us, and I agree that we have to take them seriously. I agree with you that it is absolutely important. He has been over there, does know them, but I do think we have to be on the lookout. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.